Welcome in to PFF's Daily Betting Podcast. Austin Gale here with my guy, Ben Brown. Man, Thursday night football. It was a game to start. Some exciting stuff. A.J. Brown opened up with a really nice dig route. Tannehill is, you know, throwing the ball well. And a really nice scoring drive for the Titans to open this game. But it swung quickly, man. The Indianapolis Colts are we're recording this as Logan Woodside is now in at quarterback for the Tennessee Titans because they're getting blown out 34-17 to with uh, less than two minutes to play. A blocked punt. Return for a touchdown for the Colts. Missed field goal for Steven Guskowski. And honestly, just a more efficient offense on the Indianapolis Colts side of the ball. Maheem Hines, 12 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. Phillip Rivers, 29 of 39 for 308 and a TD. The Colts were the better football team on the road today, beating the uh, Tennessee Titans 34-17. And now I think they're, what, first place in the AFC South? Yep, they are uh, locked into that first place. I think they got a pretty significant advantage. This is quite the leverage game for the AFC South division in general, and it looks like it's uh, fully on board with Philip Rivers, Frank Reich, and the Indianapolis Colts. I never thought I would see the day, but yeah, it was... Uh... Uh, it was a kind of a weird game. I mean, I, it kind of seemed like the Titans were definitely in control in the first half. Colts came out, like you said, shanked punt, blocked punt. I never knew special teams mattered so much, but uh, it definitely mattered tonight at this point in time. So kind of beating a dead horse. Uh, everyone's kind of discussed that already. So uh, I guess we'll have to find new narratives. But yeah, it was just an unfortunate way for the Titans to kind of let a game slip through their fingers that they at least seem to be in control of in the first half. And then uh, kind of were giving up quickly, basically, in the second half. So I think they had more runs than the Colts. I think 31 rushes for Tennessee. So I guess they established a run, uh, but that didn't necessarily benefit them throughout the rest of the game. So some highlights here are some takeaways I want to touch on before we jump to the NCAA green line slate, where we look at some college picks for Friday and Saturday. Jonathan Taylor is not the RB one for the Colts. He had seven carries for 12 yards in this game. The former Wisconsin back did not look good. They're favoring Naheem Hines and the former Ole Miss back Jordan Wilkins in that backfield rookie wide receiver, Michael Pittman jr. A bit of a breakout game for him. He had one carry for 21 yards and seven receptions. 101 yards on eight targets. I thought he looked good. And the Tennessee Titans finished this game with 17 points. But Derrick Henry averaged 5.4 yards a carry and had 103 yards. That doesn't matter. Derrick Henry being the engine of this offense is not how the Tennessee Titans are going to win football games. They need to find success through the air. They need Ryan Tannehill and company to make plays down the football field. Tannehill finishes 15 of 27 for 147 and a touchdown. That's not going to cut it. Even if Derrick Henry runs for 150 yards in this game, 200 yards in this game, the problems are that they need to throw the ball more effectively, throw the ball more on early downs. So many second and tens or, you know, first and second and longs where they're running the football when I think they need to be throwing on those early downs for a better, more efficient offense. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. That was kind of my notes and, takeaway as well they obviously try to get Derrick Henry involved there's um you know a drawback to that and it's basically you know AJ Brown had four targets one reception for 21 yards basically had that first long throw and then you know essentially wasn't hurt from the rest of the game so I think Corey Davis is definitely you know a player even at fantasy at this point in time I think a lot of people would definitely agree with me but I never expected him to kind of be uh this legit you know kind of looking like the number one receiving option in this Tennessee passing game, which has been kind of anemic as of late. So I don't know. They need to get AJ Brown a little bit more involved. John o. Smith as well. Uh, if they're going to run the ball, basically 32 times, 19 carries for Derrick Henry. I think they're going to have a tough time uh, winning a lot of games against some of these teams that they're at, you know, are basically on the same level as them from like a, you know, power rankings perspective at this point in time. So I don't know. It's a, it's a tough, 
it's a tough day to be a Titans backer at this point. I'm glad Greenline definitely leaned towards the Colts, a lean towards the over as well. So from that perspective, it was definitely a few positives um, as well. And, you know, there were a few decent player props, but uh, there was a few more volume, uh, you know, related stats that went over, especially on the Colts side with Phillip Rivers throwing for 308 yards. Um, but yeah, I was impressed with the performance of Michael Pittman, especially Naeem Hines. I don't know if he's necessarily grabbed a, sh- you know, lion's share of this Colts backfield. It's obviously still, you know, quite the committee. So it's hard to trust anybody at this point in time um, from that Colts backfield. But uh, he definitely looked impressive and definitely looked like the best runner from my perspective, which has kind of been, uh, you know, the narrative for the last couple of weeks at this point in time. All right, let's look ahead to the college football slate. Let's throw that Thursday night game in the trash. And I say that as a season-long fantasy football player with A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill stacked tonight, and it was an absolute (laughs) atrocity. All right, looking ahead to uh, the NCAA slate. So many games canceled due to complications, not complications, cases of COVID-19, which is an unfortunate situation um, for college football, an unfortunate situation for the United States right now. But looking ahead to the games that are being played, start with the Friday slate. What are some games or some values you see in the three games being played on Friday? Yeah, I mean, we definitely have some decent options here coming up. I know Greenline has a little bit of a lean on Florida International in general. That's one that I'm not, um, you know, too thrilled with at this point in time. I do kind of like Florida Atlantic. Uh, we have them second in our ELO rankings in the Conference USA. Uh, their their offense is kind of, you know, not necessarily great. We would we do give Florida International a slight edge um, on a, from our opponent, just a grades perspective. But I still lean towards Nick Trani as being probably the better quarterback in this match. I know Stone Norton um, has had his moments basically this year, but he's had a worse PFF grade overall than Nick Trotney. So I don't know. I feel not great just because of the fact that the spread has kind of moved against Florida International throughout the week. I think it was opening up, um, you know, it opened at nine and a half tested basically all the way down to seven and a half come back all the way over to nine and a half again. Um, I don't know. I don't feel great about it, even though Florida international kind of has a little bit of um, an edge on this perspective, but I don't really mind the total 40.5. We do have a small lean on that um, at over, which, you know, obviously neither defense is all that great. Florida internationals eighth overall. Like I already said, Florida Atlantic's 13th in our opponent adjusted grades. So from that perspective, I could see more than 40.5 uh, points being scored. Cause that's, you know, one of the lowest totals you're going to see at this point in time at college football. So that's the spot that I kind of be looking in this first matchup. Um, second matchup, we got Iowa, Minnesota. Uh, we, have gotten some, you know, decent line movement a little bit towards Minnesota um, on the money line, especially I think the line moved up from 140 to 150. That is a spot where Greenland actually has a little bit of value on the Golden Gophers at this point in time. I'm kind of a little bit of a homer for the Gophers, so I do think that uh, it's a play that I'm probably overly excited about at this point in time, but I definitely think that's probably the best option if you're betting any of these college football games on Friday night is to back the Gophers on the money line plus 150. You're kind of getting that one point. Point five uh x bet and uh you know they're at home three and a half point dogs but i do think they're going to probably be able to uh play a little bit better than they get did you know three weeks ago against michigan at this point in time so that's the spot that i'm targeting here coming up on friday night what are you feeling for the friday night slate no house advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the nba mlb nfl and pga for cash prizes this is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field making it easier to win uh, easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app to check out your daily fantasy prop contest with ha- without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests to create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit up to $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, 
will set you up with a free PFS Edge annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players to, uh, of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 of free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. So I, I have the same pick as you. I, I like Minnesota plus 150 against Iowa. It should be a good game to watch. Rashad Bateman is playing well for them. Where's number zero for them now, which is fun. He's a draft prospect I, I, I'm definitely looking for on our two-for-one draft podcast, Rookies and Draft Prospects podcast. And Iowa, everyone hates on the Big Ten because they don't score points like the SEC and Big 12. But Iowa is always a well-coached defense, one that's fun to watch. I think the Minnesota plus 150 bet is what I'm uh, rooting for on Friday. Looking ahead to the Saturday slate, I know Green Line has value on Virginia Tech minus two hosting the Miami Hurricanes, Derek King and the Miami Hurricanes. I know 50, you know, 65% of the cash and 74% of the tickets are on Miami right now, Miami plus two. I think Khalil Herbert and company, the running back there for Virginia Tech, I think they roll against Miami and, and, and win by two plus. Where, where are you looking for the Saturday slate? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on board with you on that Virginia Tech. That was a line that I op- that I wrote up early in the week. I did have it at Virginia Tech minus two. I do think they're kind of a different offense with Hendon Hooker, you know, basically running the show here since week six. I would say their EPA per pass attempt is basically at the same level as Miami. And they've had, you know, the best EPA per rush attempt in the ACC during that time from like you touched on. So from that perspective, I do kind of lean towards Virginia Tech. I do think that they're definitely a spot um, where you could buy low on them and potentially uh, fade a little bit of the hype surrounding the Miami Hurricanes. So another spot that I'm kind of liking up coming up here, uh, Colorado at Stanford. Um, there are some, you know, speculation with Davis Mills status uncertain basically due to COVID still. Colorado was seven seven point uh, dog at this uh, when I wrote it up early in the week I think they're still basically hovering around that point we haven't really gotten official news on Davis Mills at this point in time actually uh, Colorado moved up to seven and a half points so I like it even more um, from that perspective Davis Mills could potentially sit out even if he doesn't I do think there's probably some value still on the Buffaloes at this point in time Um, they did have a pretty decent you know start to the season basically um kind of rolling over ucla in the first half last week uh before they kind of basically let ucla basically come all the way back in the second half but they were still able to uh you know pull off the victory in their pac-12 opening matchup so i don't know i think uh i think that's probably one of my favorite spots there is some decent value coming up here on saturday but like you touched on earlier it is uh you know a little bit thin at the top as far as quality matches with us losing, you know, basically two of the four best games uh, between teams in our top 25. So is there any other spots you're kind of looking at um, from a college football betting perspective here on Saturday? I don't see a ton of other value. I mean, maybe, maybe the under in the Wisconsin Michigan game, I could see that being an under game. We don't currently have a value there, but I do like the under in that game. Yeah. Um, I do have one. I have one question for you. So Oregon, basically 10 point uh, road favorites against Washington state. Greenland has just a little bit of value on Washington state. Do you think they uh, were pretty decent in their performance last week to kind of, you know, require a bet this week as 10 point home dogs? Or is this a situation we're probably uh, avoiding at this point in time with no, the back? No, I, I like them. I like them as 10 point uh, as home dogs, especially with the, how well that true freshman quarterback played this past week. I mean, I think right. if he can have a repeat performance against Oregon, which is a defense that's missing, I think a handful of starters due to opt outs. I think DD Lenoir and Javon Holland are both not playing for that Oregon Ducks defense. I think plus 10 at home right now, 54% of the tickets and only 58% of the cash is on Oregon to cover that plus 10 number. But I think Washington, 
or, or cover that minus 10 number. I think Washington uh, could cover his home dogs there, especially, I mean, I, I like what their offense put out last week without Mike Leach. I think a lot of the narrative right now is that Washington state isn't, isn't that team that can put up points, but I think they can. I mean, they showed that uh, the previous week. All right. Yeah. Ben, going to pivot now, going to pivot to our prize pick segment, prize picks, daily fantasy simplified. What you can do on pricepicks.com, which I encourage everyone to check out is you pick multiple PPR points over under. So like parlay multiple over unders for PPR points. So for example, you could take Devonte Adams, Will Fuller and Aaron Jones and over under on their PPR points projection to make money on pricepicks.com. It's one of my favorite sites. I definitely go to it every single week to make some picks. I'm going to go ahead and kick off the segment with one of my favorites, Miles Sanders coming back from injury off the buy going against a bad New York Giants defense. Right now, price picks PPR projection is 13.5. According to PFF.com, our PPR projections have him closer to what, 15? I think, let me double check here. Yeah, 14.9. I think Miles Sanders off the buy. He's going to get a lion's share of the carries. Volume is, is predicted for Miles Sanders. I think he covers that 13.5 number. That's one of my picks this week. Yeah, definitely. I like that pick. I've been on Miles Sanders all year. I have him basically on all my fantasy teams. So I definitely need it at this point with just how much injury, um, you know, breaks he's had so far this year. So I would like to have him, you know, back and healthy for the playoffs. And this is kind of a get right spot for him. So I'm definitely looking forward to him going over 13.5 fantasy points as well. I'm going to give you one. Antonio Brown, I'm going to the well early and often here, 10.5 fantasy points. Our projections have him just a little bit higher than that, uh, sitting right around 10.8. 5.8 targets right around, you know, basically six targets, four receptions. I do think that he's going to get uh, right around that amount of work, but I think he's probably going to get, you know, at an end zone or red zone opportunity here. And I do think he's going to get over that 10.5 fantasy points. So that's a spot that I'm definitely uh, targeting here, uh, you know, coming up on Sunday is Antonio Brown. Cause I do think he'll probably be, um, you know, a little bit more involved than what we anticipate at this point in time. I do think, you know, Mike Evans basically takes a, a back seat to him in week two here, or, you know, in his second week for Antonio Brown. So that's the spot that I'm targeting. Do you have any other prize picks plays you're looking at at this point? I have some must avoid. So we always talk about picks, okay. you know, we're going to make like over unders. I, I do not touch. Devontae Adams at 24.0 and Aaron Jones at 18.2. Don't pick over. Don't pick under. Stay away from that game because there's it's very hard to predict games where like it's an expected blowout. Like, are you going to see Devontae Adams, you know, get 15 targets, two touchdowns, whatever it may be? Or is Aaron Jones going to run the football a ton? You don't know if backups are going to be in in the fourth quarter. I, I think those games when there are projected blowouts like it is right now, I think you steer clear of those, man. I don't think you touch those games. I think for other picks that I like, I think Robbie Anderson, 16.0 PPR points. We have him, I think, clearing that number at 16.6 PPR points projected. Uh, going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that, yes, has been good in the past. Janelle Dean and Carlton Davis, two of the better outside corner duos in the NFL. I think you fade that a little bit. They're going to have to throw the ball to win. Joe Brady, according to PFF's coaching metrics, is one of the best play callers in the NFL right now. I think they feed Robbie Anderson against Tampa Bay, and he clears that 16.0 number. Yeah, I'm liking, I like that one quite a bit, actually. I do, I do see DJ Moore 13.5 fantasy projections. He's a tough one to peg as well. I did expect, you know, Curtis Samuel maybe to take a little bit more of a back seat when Christian McCaffrey came back. That didn't happen last week, but I do think that uh, that's a potential spot to, you know, look at from both a prize picks and player prop perspective. But I do want to go back. I did like what you said about the blowout factor. This is a spot that I, um, you know, kind of try to avoid from a prize picks and DFS perspective perspective i think two weeks ago i was basically saying to fade the chiefs when they were you know going 
on the road against the Jets. Uh, they ended up probably being one of the best stacks that week. So I was kind of, you know, taking it at that point in time. So this is a situation that I'm still trying to, you know, constantly evaluate on a week to week basis. But I do think that, uh, you know, playing Green Bay Packers players specifically against the Jets. Expel Jager is probably isn't, you know, a great play in prize picks when you can just take their over under, but um, I'm looking at it more from a DFS perspective. It is kind of a tricky situation to handle as well. Um, do you kind of fade Devonte Adams as the highest owned wide receiver? Or are you going to be someone who actually pays up for him at this point in time? And I think I'm, you know, probably in a spot to actually fade him, not really own him, uh, you know, as the highest price wide receiver, who is also probably going to be the highest owned. So from that perspective, I think, yeah, I'm definitely on board with you on fading Devonte Adams or not necessarily fading him, like you said, but uh, at least avoiding him, you know, in these games where you just don't know how much actual volume he's going to be uh, getting at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, when price picks has him as the player with the highest projected points, he's going to be the highest owned player in DFS. I think when the narrative is that strong, the chalk is that defined. I think it's it's important that you do create lineups and do make decisions that fade that narrative because in blowout games like this, I think you often see times where Devontae Adams isn't, you know, the complete focal point goes off for three touchdowns, but rather it's spread out a little bit more. Jamal Williams gets involved. Rob Tanyan gets two TDs, something like that. That's where those games kind of get fluky. Well, when Green Bay is going against a team that they can legitimately lose to, and I'm not saying that Jags can't, you know, pull off a huge upset win, but when it's a closer spread, I think that's where you see the game plan more focused on Devontae Adams and stuck to that through two, three, four quarters of play. Other prize picks picks that I might consider or projections I like. I think Antonio Gibson at 11 and a half is another over I kind of want to sweat. And Antonio Gibson is tough, man, because they, they do like to run uh, J.D. McKissick a decent amount. And I think Antonio Gibson might even be injured in practice this week. If he does suit up, I do like the 11 and a half over projection for the football team. I think Alex Smith loves to throw to running backs. If, if he can get you know, the lion's share of uh, snaps this week and is healthy, I think Antonio Gibson over 11 and a half is one I like. Yeah, I definitely was actually looking at that as you said it. So it's kind of funny that you brought him up, but I'm on board with Antonio Gibson as well. I've kind of been riding him the last few weeks. Uh, my last one that I kind of like, I think if you're choosing between uh, Rams receiver, I'm kind of leaning towards Robert Woods to have a better game than what, you know, current fantasy projections actually have him at 15.5 fantasy points. Our projections are actually a little bit lower on him, but if I'm choosing between him or a Cooper cup, I'm definitely signing with Robert Woods this week going up against that Seahawks defense. I do think that one of them is probably going to have, you know, a pretty significant game. If Jared Goff can, you know, deliver the football at all. So from that perspective, I am kind of leaning towards Robert Woods, maybe a lower average depth of target, but I could see some big chunk plays after the catch. And I do think that that's how Robert Woods is probably going to get over his fantasy projection of 15.5 points. So that's one of my last ones that I'm actually signing with a lot of overs, man. I'm excited. This is a fun week through for it. Uh, ben Brown, always good stuff, man. Really appreciate it on the pod. Uh, until next time, Austin Gale, Ben Brown, the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.